Welcome back to the Braden Redshaw Podcast. Today, we will be discussing one of the most popular topics in basketball, and that is should high school athletes look more towards playing professional basketball instead of going through the one-and-done process in college? Also in today's episode, we will have a very special guest joining us, someone who has great knowledge for the game of basketball as a player and a coach, my dad. This will be his first appearance today, and he'll be giving his opinion as well based off of what he thinks. Um, I will have my opinions as well. They will be different from him, but it's going to be really cool to have somebody else come on today, and they'll speak about what they think. So, it's a short intro today, guys. Let's get right into it. So first off, I'd like to welcome my first ever guest here, and my dad. Hey, Bray. Alrighty, so you've been somebody who's played in college basketball, and I just want to ask you before we get started here with this, what was the experience for you to play in college? Well, the game was a lot different back then, uh, playing small college uh, in, in Cape Breton. Um, great experience coming out of Sydney Academy, um, playing for the Capers for four years under uh, Tim McGarrigal. It was, it was an outstanding opportunity for me to not only develop my game, but certainly uh, understand the game a lot better. I'm certainly, uh, I, I think I'm a, a better coach than I ever was a player. Uh, completely understand the game a lot better than um, than I did back then. I understand it a lot better now. And, uh, you know, following following along with, uh, with good coaching, um, lots of great mentors really helps you uh, get a better understanding of players today, for sure. Right. That's honestly very true. And, of course, in your time, you've mentioned coaching. You've coached some pretty special players. But some of the guys we're going to talk about today, they're probably far beyond anybody you've ever coached or had the chance to coach. Yeah. You know, we're, t- we're talking about a, a, you know, a different place. Um, certainly the kids that we're going to talk about today are, uh, are top-level talents who... Uh, play above the rim um, at a much faster pace than I've ever had an opportunity to coach. Uh, but still, basketball is basketball. So we get an opportunity to see kids for what they can do on the on the floor. But the most important thing to me is, uh, you know, are you a great teammate? Um, and how do you treat the players around you? It's very true. I've, I've played under you. I know how you coach. I've, I know the players who you've had. And some of them are good, but once again, these guys are just on a completely different level. And really, the high school jump to the NBA started back in the late 90s when it got really popular. There were guys like Kobe Bryant, who went 13th to Charlotte. Obviously, he was traded to the Lakers. Kevin Garnett went the year before him, number five. Uh, Trace McGrady went really late 1900s or 1990s. And Mario Stoudemire, he was early in the 2000s. Jermaine O'Neal, he was early 2000s. And, of course, probably two of the more well-known players who went out of high school, Dwight Howard and LeBron, both number one overalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a, had a chance to watch LeBron James play in high school, obviously uh, televised games. Uh, he was a special talent. Uh, certainly, you have to look at potential for these kids that are coming out of high school now now you know Braden back back when I was playing um, there were very few kids that could make that jump um, probably more so on the intellectual 
level than, uh, than on the physical level. Um, they just weren't prepared. So being, uh, be, you know, being in university and having those opportunities to, to play under great coaches, like a Michael Jordan, for example. Okay, when you, when you think about Michael Jordan coming out of high school um, and then playing at North Carolina, he, he, he was a special talent. Um, but he still needed to have that level of coaching before he made that jump to the NBA. So he was, he was prepared. You know, Michael Jordan was prepared to play uh, when he was chosen by the Bulls. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, you know, he, he hit the game-winning shot, and you and I have talked about this over and over a number of years. He hit that game-winning shot. How many times do you think he took that shot in practice? Had to be hundreds of times. Hundreds, maybe thousands of times. You know, I told you a number of times when you were playing, listen, buddy, get up as many shots as you can. You know, shoot a thousand shots a day if you can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just only going to prepare you. Practice. Michael Jordan's the one guy that said, you know, you practice harder. He practiced harder than he played because he was ready every single time that he hit the floor against an opponent. But anyway, getting back to our conversation. So we talk about, about kids who are ready to make that jump. Now, um, I would like to butt in here just to pull a Bill Simmons moment here. <laughs> Could you imagine going through a hard day of Algebra 12 and then getting told by your coach you have to guard LeBron James that night in front of all your friends? No, I couldn't, actually. <laughs> Quite frankly, I couldn't. That, I, I wouldn't want to do that. That would It wouldn't be fun. And you'd get, you'd get put on ESPN and for the, all the wrong reasons. So you, you would be a highlight reel for, for somebody. Um, I completely understand that. But So listen, let's talk, let's talk about some kids that have... That have jumped early um, over the last couple of years. So I know I know you're a fan of Lamelo Ball. Yeah, you like the way he plays. What, what is it? What is it about Lamelo Ball that that stands out for you? I like the fact that even in today's game and with all the noise that's around him, just because he is Lamelo, he still is a passer over a score. He likes to make the big plays for his teammates. Um, him and Miles Bridges had a great connection this year. Um, throwing full court passes, alley oops. It's he just knew where to put the pass. Where lots of people don't know how, but there are a very select few amount of guys, and he's one of them. Even though he's a rookie, he's probably one of the top ten passers in the NBA already. So I'll ask you this question: So do you think Lamelo Ball was doing that in high school, automatically being able to transition to the to the pro game, or do you think that he really honed that skill down in Australia? Well, it really was over the amount of time because he went over to Lithuania when he was a ju- uh, junior, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went over there with his brother. They lasted about a year. Actually, it might have been his sophomore year because then the year after that he played in his dad's league. Yes. And then he went back and played in Spire Academy in Ohio for his senior season. He mm-hmm. was a five-star recruit and had no offers, so he went overseas to play for Australia. And he wasn't the first guy that year coming out of high school to announce that he was going to. R.J. Hampton, who had Duke on his list, Texas Tech, Villanova, he announced early that he was going to go play for the New Zealand Breakers. And then a few months later, LaMelo announced that he was also going to go overseas and play in Australia. So the point, the point being, both of these kids had some pro experience before joining the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think for certain people, it would benefit them because both of them had really raw talent games. Neither of them were great shooters from the perimeter, 
both strong playmakers. Hampton was more of a slasher. Lamelo was more of a he can shoot it, but he was more of a playmaking point guard. And both of them having that year in Australia to play against professional level basketball, it toughened them up. Lamelo definitely benefited more from it as his draft stock really went higher. And I don't know if it would have changed if Hampton played in college. I think he would have got better coaching, but he had a better pro transition because towards the end of this NBA season, he started playing more and more. Of course, he was traded to Orlando, so he was put in a better situation, and it's working out for him, so maybe we'll see another jump from him next year. So let's talk, So and, and a great point. So let's talk about guys like Lamelo and RJ who transitioned out of Australia uh, from their respective pro teams and then into the NBA. Then you look at guys like Kobe Bryant, 13th overall pick coming out of Laura Marion, you know, Philadelphia kid um, who was probably on everybody's radar, but he dropped a 13. So why would a guy like Kobe Bryant, who would be a, a five-time NBA champ, why wasn't he recognized as, as, as big of a player as LeBron James, for example, coming out of high school? I think it's rawness in... Not necessarily in the talent, because all the film you see from when Kobe was playing in high school, it looked amazing. But I think it was just that overall, like, the game wasn't fully developed for him. He could shoot, but he really wasn't an awesome shooter when he first entered the league. He could slash, which was is one of the bigger things, but he had no real size to him. He was an 18, 17-year-old high school kid, of course... He lit, of course, he definitely worked out, but not to the point where people work out today with the weights. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just nobody really wanted to take a chance on this kid. Because Lower Marion wasn't a big school, so he was really playing against lower-level competition. Mm-hmm. And I think when Charlotte took the chance on him, they were taking the chance on his potential and not what he was bringing to the table. Okay, that's a great point. Um, looking at a guy like LeBron James, I remember when I was watching him uh, playing on ESPN, you know, he, uh, nationally televised game against modern day out of California. Uh, LeBron, LeBron James was an absolute giant in that game. And he was, he was the best player on the floor. And there was so many accolades thrown his way. You knew that that kid was going to take the next step. Okay. But looking at LeBron James from his high school senior year to his third year in the NBA, it's complete transformation in body complete transformation in game he is uh and i i can't remember who who said that you know lebron james is just a tank and when he's coming down main street people get out of the way you know when jordan was when jordan was attacking the hoop he was six six slashing to the basket he had guys like bill lambert you know charles oakley they were guarding the rim nobody's guarding the rim against lebron james yeah, well, then again, if you hit LeBron, he's going to go down, no matter how hard you hit him. Well. Then again, Michael Jordan. That's a whole other conversation. He'd ca- he'd that's ca- for another pod. Yeah. <laughs> he'd get a he'd get a right hook from Lambeer and get up. We do, we talk about this too often. So listen, here here's one of my, my one of my favorite high school players that ever came out of, uh, or that came to the league was Amari Stoudemire. Mm. Um, just a, an absolute beast inside. Um, you know, not a great shooter, but a tremendous rebounder. And it was outstanding finisher. Now, was there a chance for him ever along if he went to college and he missed that year 
and instead of being in the 2002 draft, he goes in the 2003 draft. Is there a chance that his NBA career turns out better? Because then he'd be in the mix of the picks with LeBron, D-Wade, Carmelo, Chris Bosh. He'd be in that mix instead of being in, like, the lower, the, not to say 2002 was a bad draft year, but compared to 2003, it just wasn't awesome. That's a great question. So, you mentioned, oh, boy, oh, boy. So, you're mentioning um, Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. And Carmelo, who took Syracuse to the national championship game and won it, won a championship and a great game over Kansas. Um, so, do you think that Carmelo would have been better off going out of high school to the pros or did that did that year of university basketball really change the trajectory of his pro career that high school I'm, i'm sorry that year of college basketball definitely benefited him because he did play for oak hill played against lebron in high school Mm-hmm. But then he got he had the chance to go to Syracuse where he wasn't the biggest fish in the pond until the end of the year when he was the leader of that team. Some guys need that year where they're just at the start. They have that reality shock where I'm not the alpha dog anymore and I've got these other guys, these juniors, seniors, sophomores who are all above me. But talent-wise, I know I'm better than them, so I really have to show that I can do this. So Melo definitely benefited from that, and I don't think it was ever in the mind of Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh to skip high school, skip college and go to the NBA, but it was definitely a thought that Carmelo had. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and remember, Carmelo got great coaching out of Jimmy Boeheim. He just did. I, I watched a number of games that year, um, had, a, had a, you know, I can't say a ringside seat. I'm watching, watching the big screen on Monday night when he... Uh, he tore apart Kansas to, to win the national championship. So that's a guy that truly benefited, in my opinion, benefited from having good coaching in university, preparing him for the next step of his career. And look, what is he now? Top 10 scorer? I think he's getting close. Right. So all time. Yeah, he's so he's getting close to the 30,000 point mark. So, you know, the, 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 the argument is... Should kids stay in school? Should players stay in school? Some people look at some some kids look at it as an opportunity to take care of their family financially. Mm-hmm. So you know, the, everybody's in a different situation. We completely understand that. Okay, there are kids that that are um, that that are tremendous athletes in university who even go one and done, expect to be first rounders. You know, you and I are big fans of Duke. And there's some kids that we've seen that have have uh, have declared for the draft who we believe right, should have stayed should have stayed with Coach K and and uh, spent at least another year or two there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, guys like you know Zion and uh, and Barrett. You know, they're you know Tatum. Like those are kids that are one and done, and they're going to be they're going to have great pro careers. Um, there are other kids that. You know, we saw become really good NBA players who left early and probably had a harder path. You know, like a Gary Trent. We love Gary Trent. Mm-hmm. Love his his grind and, and the way he plays. He was a great college player. Didn't go as well for him coming uh, coming out of uh, out of the, his draft year as he thought. Um, you know, Grayson Allen's another guy. Four years at Duke, gets drafted, 
you know, he's had a couple of he's had a couple of trips to the diff- couple of different teams, and now he's found a spot in Memphis. Mm-hmm. He's spending time um, with uh, with Coach K. Spending time with Coach K certainly helped him become a better pro. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And talking about Duke this year, there's really only two guys on the team who are ready to go NBA, and one of them honestly could even use another year of Duke. But just with who they're bringing in and his talent level. It was just it's just time for him to go. Jalen Johnson, he was the number one player for Duke until he got injured, came back a few games, but decided to shut it down for the season. Mm-hmm. And then probably their MVP of the whole year, Matthew Hurt. He had a b- great year compared to his freshman year. He found himself in Coach K's doghouse at the end of his freshman year. Sophomore year, made the top 25 for the Wooden Award. Um, he had a little bit of a slump, which knocked him out. But towards the end of the year, he started playing really, really well. And if he played, if Duke made the tournament, they unfortunately got knocked out of the ACC due to their COVID. But um, if they made the tournament and they won a few games, Hurt could definitely be conversation for late first round pick. Oh, for sure. You know, Hurt. Um, we, we we like Hurt because he's a competitor. You know, I uh, I, I I'm as Braden as you know. When I was coaching, I said you know. I uh, I never I never fall in love with talent. Uh, I certainly fall in love with hard work, and and he's one of those kids that just works hard. Um, both ends of the both ends of the floor, um, he can score it. Uh, he's certainly not afraid to, to mix it up defensively. So I think that Hurt will be possibly a late first rounder, early second rounder, and he'll get some time. Mm-hmm. He'll get some time. You know, he's going to help somebody. What's his size? Six ten. He's about 6'10". 6'10", um, can shoot the ball uh, really, really well. Um, not afraid to bang it. If he puts on a little bit more size, it'd be great. And that's so that's, that's a whole other uh, conversation as well. When we look at kids who are going into this league where it's become faster and stronger, you're looking at guys like LeBron James was a point guard in high school. He's still a point guard, but he's 6'8", 260 pounds um, and agile. That's another you know, big thing too. It's They're... a it's it's a completely different game than than you know when I was coaching or even when I was playing back in the eighties. It's it's a different game to watch. And that's another big big thing too. Most of these kids, their games are NBA ready, but their maturity levels or their bodies just aren't NBA ready. There's a few guys this year, um, notably one guy who we watched all year, DJ Stewart. He played at Duke. He was pretty okay, above average for them. He declared for the draft, but his his game needs polishing, and frankly, he needs to put on a little bit more muscle. I don't see him getting drafted, and he's already signed with an agent, so he's given up his college eligibility. So he's probably going to end up in the G League for the majority of his career. He's just not NBA ready. And most of these guys, their issue is they see the money at the end of the tunnel, and they don't really see the things that aren't in their field of view yet before the money. So they don't match themselves up logically against the other players who are in the draft. They see themselves as this awesome guy who can go number one. But logically, they need to see that I'm not number one. Am I a first rounder? Am I a lottery pick? Am I even an early second rounder? And some of those guys who see themselves as late second round picks they should think about if they have another year of eligibility go back work hard obviously their courses aren't terribly hard but some of their college coaches can really benefit them 
if they go back for one more year and get that one more year of polishing, one more, one more year of good strength and conditioning. It's just something that lots of guys can benefit from. And something that's really interesting is just last year, the G League actually made a team for high school seniors who decommitted from college, really high recruits decommitted from college. They went and played in the G League. Guys like Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, Isaiah Todd, and then this year coming in, there's Michael Foster Jr. He was a top 10 recruit in the nation. Scoot Henderson, he was a top 15. Um, Dacian Nix, he joined the team late last year, and he's going to be playing for them again this year. So that's the Ignite. Yeah. Yeah. So they have their four main guys this year who are going in are Jalen Green, Kuminga, and Isaiah Todd. Of course, Green and Kuminga are miles above Todd. He's just he's a skinny center. He needs to put on some more muscle mass. He'll probably play in the G League a little bit more, but once he gets that body built up, he'll be good. So the two guys we really want to talk about are Jalen Green and Kuminga. Kuminga, obviously a Canadian. Um, he's like a small ball center, can play out on the perimeter. He's a good shooter, good attacker, good defender. His game is ready, which is why he's ranked so high. And I think playing against these NBA veterans who are down or guys who played a year or two in the NBA played their years in college now in the G League. I think both of those guys benefited from this because they're both so young and so talented that seeing these guys who are a little bit above them but below what the average is and boosting their games up above what theirs are has benefited them tremendously towards their draft stock. Right. So when you when you look at a kid who's just developing, what, 18, pardon me, 18, 19 years old, mm-hmm. what's the one thing that's going to help them get to that next level? Experience. Right. So you get experience in the G League. Okay. So in the G League, it's no different than than watching the old AHL hockey league. You know, there's there's guys on their way up and there's guys on their way down. So he's a guy on his way up. So is he going to play for the Canadian national team? Probably in a few years. Right. So he's got that that he's got that experience with guys like Dort SGA. SGA. RJ. Right. Okay. Uh, Alexander. So there's a there's a bunch of kids in, in, in the Canadian, a uh, bunch of kids in the NBA from Canada right now that are going to help give him some really good support, like a guy like Nate Darling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fellow Nova Scotian. You know, he goes down and plays at UAB. Had a couple of years at UAB. Then went to Delaware, I believe it was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, undrafted, signed undrafted, by signed by the Hornets, and we got a chance to watch him this week in uh, his first ever playoff game. Yeah, you know, so and there, there's 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 kids that are, are playing um, that are going to get a you know get a cup of coffee in the league as the old as the old saying goes with the uh, with hockey, but in in basketball like they're going to get a cup of coffee. They're gonna they're gonna get in there. They're gonna play. They're gonna play maybe a year or two and. You know, are, are are they are they developing themselves in the G League to play or an extended career in the NBA? There's going to be some kids that can do that, but there's going to be kids that are in there. They're really high functional athletes, but they don't have they 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 don't have the capacity to understand what their worth is to a team. So they think they got to be in as the alpha dog. They want to go in and 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 be everything when they don't understand what role development's all about. So I'll ask you this one. Do you think sometime in the future 
there will be a year or two of high school, college athletes who come in, and teams just don't see them as worth of having the draft pick. So it's going to be like a few years of maybe like lower level talent, and it will have that break from seeing all these fresh new faces come in and hefty veterans trying to fight fight for their lives to get their roster spots back. Yeah, that's a great question, Brett. Um, let's look at Gonzaga this year. Oh man. Okay. So you know Gonzaga makes the makes the championship game against Baylor. Mm-hmm. You know, who's their starting five? They had Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs. Um, Andrew Nemhard. He's going back there for another year. Right. Good for him. Um, Joel Ajayi. He on he's really solid for them. Six yep. five from France. Yep. Um, Timmy. Drew Timmy and Corey Kispert. Corey Kispert. They had a really solid starting five. Honestly, three of those guys are ready to go play in the NBA right now. Mark Few is a great head coach. Um, Suggs, he's on. He's probably out of the two, out of the three, he's probably the least ready in my eyes. Potential-wise, he's the highest because his ceiling is Russell Westbrook-esque. He's yeah, just for sure. Athletic ball, ready to go, yeah. smash through. Yeah. But Kispert, he's got the age. He's got the size. Six seven, I think. 217, 220. Um, can light it up from deep. Great free throw shooter. Drew Temme, really strong, really athletic. Can run the floor well. He can shoot. He can step outside and shoot the three, which is needed to play right now. And how many years has Kisper played with, with Gonzaga? He's been there all four. Right. And he's a top so, 10. And he's, he's ready to play. Mm-hmm. He's ready to step into the league. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you think a guy like Grayson Allen, when he was at Duke, yeah, he had a great. He, you know, came 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 alive in the championship game against Wisconsin. Um, the next year, he was the go-to guy. His third year, yeah, you know what? He had his struggles, and then the fourth year, he was good, and then he gets drafted and went to Utah. Did he not? Yeah, drafted by Utah, Utah. number twenty overall. Right. So Grayson Allen spent four years in university. Um, had a pretty decent university career from one of the, you know, in my opinion, the best coach in... in... You, can, you can say of all time. Okay, well, okay, he's the GOAT. In my opinion, Krzyzewski's the GOAT. Um, so he's a guy that benefited from staying in university, playing his ball, and then being ready. Because it's not just the basketball, Braden, that 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 you're looking at when it comes to stepping into the pro game it's the maturity the development what your expectations are the training regimen um you know you're uh, you're looking at your diet and, and you'll look as you know i've said this a number of times like i want to coach kids that want to be there but i also i also want to i want kids on my team that are you know that, that are going to they're going to be excellent teammates you know, I've, I remember saying to kids before, and they, they were asking me, you know, hey, you know, coach, do you think I could play university? And I'd say, no. And they'd say, well, why not? And my response to them would be, because you're not a good teammate. Okay? There's 500 guys that can do the same thing that you can, but they're good teammates. So you're not going to transition to the game. So the same goes from, from, from university ranks to the pro ranks. Are you a good teammate? You know what? What? What is your value? Are you a role player? Can you ex- first of all? Can you accept a role on a team? You may have been the alpha dog in university, but can you can you be a, 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 a you know a seventh man? Can you be an eighth man coming off the bench, giving fourteen to eighteen minutes a game? 
There are guys who have transitioned into the pro game that are still playing like that. Can you name a few of those guys? Who were bench players in college? No, starters in college that have transitioned into great bench players in the university rank. In the, sorry, the pro ranks. Uh, yeah, uh, Tyus Jones. There you go. Um, brother Trey. But brother Trey, he's he's actually done pretty well. I was gonna bring him up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, all the Duke guys last year's draft all went in the second round, but all towards the end of the year started playing more and more. Trey, out of all three of them. Uh, drafted by the Spurs, which I think is the perfect situation for him. Their point guard spot's really questionable right now because I think DeJounte Murray has no clue what the hell he's doing out there. I think sometimes he's just running around thinking every time he looks in the stands that there's a squirrel out there. And he's taking years off of Pop's life, which is... Is that why his hair is so long and it's it's getting really white? Yeah, I think so. He's Pop's losing himself trying to coach that guy. So I think eventually Trey... He's made the move up this year, started playing more and more. He's got a great young guard teammate to play with him, Devin Vassell. And then jumping over to Charlotte, where we've already talked about a bunch, um, Vernon Carey, he started a game this year for the Hornets, played really well. He's got great size, great skill. He'll be around the NBA for a long time as a good stretch-out big man. And Cassius Stanley, explosive dunker. Um, His... His shelf life in the NBA has to come now because he's he, he's probably the most athletic or one of the most athletic guys in the NBA, but his age is already like up there. I think he's 23 now, and he really just needs to find a team that's going to play him more yeah. and develop him because he can't go down to the G League again or else he might not come back up. No, you're right. That's a, that's a great point. You know, we we uh, you know, and the, the beginning of uh, of the pod, you know, we're we're talking about. You know what's uh, what's the benefit of staying in school versus uh, you know going hardship and, and turning pro early or going to the G League. Um, you know, we 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 talk about individual circumstance with these guys. Um, you know, Garnett was number five overall coming out of coming out of high school. Okay, um, Garnett stepped in immediately with the Timberwolves and became a franchise player. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Dwight Howard was the number one pick overall. Yeah, became a franchise player. LeBron James was number all number one pick overall. Was a franchise yeah. player. Now I don't know if this okay. means something. Do you remember who was the number two pick in LeBron James draft year? Everybody does. Darko Milicic. Okay, he's probably selling ice cream and somewhere. Where, where, did, where did Darko get to play in got, Detroit? Yeah, he went to Detroit, won a ring, and then um, and then shit the bed. So he wasn't ready. No. Right now, who you, was number three? Oh, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah. When you look okay. at pa- past high school players who come out, like the LeBron, Dwight, Tracy McGrady, all those guys pretty much immediately stepped in and made an impact. There's just one guy there who's arguably one of the top three players of all time, Kobe Bryant. He It wasn't until his like third or second year that he didn't fully step in and start playing more. Right. Do you, what do you think that one reason was? Because his talent level was so much higher than everybody else's. But just on that Lakers team, he didn't have it the first few years. So it, it comes down to a couple of factors. You know, when when these kids are coming out of high school, they're 18 years old. They're 19 years old. They are, they are not physically prepared. Sometimes they're not mentally prepared to take on the task of being a, a you know, a professional basketball player. Uh, you know, lots of travel. You know, the pro game has how many games a year? 82. 82. University, 
33? I think it's 40. 34, 36, 40. 40 is the max you can play. Right. So you're playing, you're traveling, you're, you know, there's wear and tear on your body. There are, there are guys that are, are more suited for that than others. Um, a guy like Kobe Bryant, I, I honestly believe, you know, I've said this to you a number of times, you know, I think Kobe's one of the top three players of all time. I just think he's a, he's a, he was a dynamic, uh, dynamic player and he didn't need to go to university to play. He was ready to step in and, and learn and, and because of his drive and, and commitment, you know, he's just a, he's one of those guys that just, that needed to play at that next level immediately. Like LeBron, Michael Jordan spent a couple of years with North Carolina. But then again, Michael Jordan, when he first entered college, wasn't the Michael Jordan that we all know. No, not at all. Dean Smith, Dean Smith was a, was an Iron Fist coach. He, he wanted control of the game at all times. Michael Jordan could have scored 35 points a game in university, but it wasn't meant to be in the type of offense that they played. But they won a national championship. Michael Jordan learned how to become a leader. He learned discipline. He learned teamwork. You know, Michael Jordan would turn out to be, in my opinion, as and you, you said it as well, you know, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And there's a couple of reasons why. Number okay. one is definitely his mental drive and how hard he was to break mentally. Nobody ever got to him. He would get to you before you... you were, if you were trying to get to him, he would get to you not even trying because he would annoy you with how much you were trying to get to him. Yeah, and he would take that personally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> he would take that personally. And he did a number of occasions, right? But listen, let's, let's, let's start talking a little bit about... Uh, some of these kids who we feel could make the jump versus who should go to school. All right. So definitely looking at just a few of the guys. I think that most of the, my personal opinion, if you are in the top 25 in the nation and it's clear that you are above most college players or you almost feel like you're ready, I think you should go to the G League route. I have thought about this for a while, and I think that there might, sh- there should be a G League draft for college players to come go play in the G League instead of getting in the NBA draft going undrafted. There should be a draft for them where they can just get drafted in the G League and then in a few years go up to the NBA. I know most of the G League is just signing undrafted players or it's you, after the summer league games or preseason games, the NBA team says, hey, we're sending these guys down. Uh, we signed them, but we want to hold on to them. Just come and hold, hold on to these guys. I think there should be, or even another league, for these players who are above high school but just aren't quite NBA ready yet and they don't want to go college route. So they just choose, all right, I'm going to go into this draft, get drafted into this league, and then go play in the NBA in a few years. I'm I'm at a loss. I I I don't know how to react to that because you know I think you know for the for for, for a number of reasons you're you're 100 correct. There's uh, there's kids out there that just need to to stay in school mm-hmm. or go to school because they're not ready, but they're. They, they, they get inflated egos, 
They've been told since they were in grade seven or eight that you're the greatest. You're going to be one of the top guys. You're going to be you're going to be the best high school player. You're going to be the best. And what's, some, what's gonna, something you've always said to us when we were in training? If you're the best in this gym, yeah, go find another gym because then you're not going to be you're not going to be the best in that gym. You know, continue to challenge yourself to be the best. Um, you know, there are guys, there are guys that, you know, like I look at, I look at a guy like Steve Nash who played at Santa Clara. Okay. I watched him play in university. He was a great player, um, smart player, excellent team player, became a two-time MVP. You know, obviously he's a Canuck. Um, he, he's a, he's a kid that, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys would like to, to, to fashion their game around. He was, wasn't the fastest guy, but he, my God, he could outthink you. He was, he was a kid that was prepared to play and got himself prepared to play mentally and physically. And most people don't get that part. Most of the, most of the kids today don't completely understand what they're getting into. They're going to go to the league. They're going to be the, they're going to be the king. They're going to be the guy. They're going to be, they're going to be number one. And you know, there's nobody out there that's going to be able to guard me. And what we see is a lot of guys falling off the ladder as quick as they've actually taken uh, a step up one or two of the rungs because they're not ready. They mm-hmm. think they're ready, but they're not ready. All right. And let's just let's start winding this down here. And we'll just touch back on the two main guys who this is concerning in Jalen Green and Kuminga. Now, both of them, I believe, will have good NBA careers. Um, I think that Kuminga is going to be the better player. He, definitely, he needs to learn more perimeter play. He did play mostly post. He was a power forward center. He's like Kenya Martin Jr. He's listed as power forward center, but he's really athletic and can play perimeter. Um, and that's just where the game's trending to, having these smaller, more athletic centers who can just go get your plays, make shots. So I think Kuminga's going to be better. Um, and I think that's the top of the draft. It's going to be really good this year. But the teams who are up at the top really aren't going to do anything for the younger players. So I think if if you end up in the 6-10 to 10 range, or if you end up in the 5-10 to 10 range, you're actually going to be in a better situation than the people who are drafted number 1, 2, 3, or 4. Because of expectation? Not even, not even because of expectation, just because there's that winning culture already established there in some of these teams. And they have some pieces, and they're just missing a few... And if you can help to that, you get them better and better. If there's other younger players, you each develop each other. You work harder in practice, and in a few years, you might make a playoff push. So getting getting back to role development, you know what? You know, are you able to accept that role? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, a guy like Kaminga, I think, is going to be a good pro. Um, you know, he's got the, obviously he's got the body, he's got the brain, um, and I think he's got the commitment. You know, to to get to that next level for sure, and. And and getting back to what we talked about earlier, Braden, you know, he's uh, he's he's one of the the Canadian kids who's going to get a chance to play with Lou Dort and and uh, and RJ and you know and and be be uh, be st- structured by Nash and you know that that the whole the whole Canadian scene is uh, basketball scene is is really. Uh, they were starting to become noticed as as a, as one of a great developing ground for uh, for future NBA players. And Kaminga, I think, is going to fit in nicely with uh, with a professional team, for sure. Can I? I just actually thought of this as well. 
with all the guys who are training more towards going pro instead of college, does that open up the opportunity for these lower recruited kids to bounce up, get their recruits up, or the guys who want to go college but they're not getting any attention to get more college attention because colleges will start losing these higher recruits? Oh, I, you know, I, I would say to kids right now, you know, get you, get yourself on a on a list. Um, you know, take a visit from you know one of the one of the programs that you're you're interested in in playing for. Uh, give it give it a chance. You know, you if you're in with a great coach uh, who's got who's got uh, you know some sort of uh, some sort of line to the pros with kids that they've coached in the past. You know that there's great development opportunities there. There are going to be kids that uh, should be dying to to get into into the uh, into the university ranks. All right, and let's just let's just wrap this up here with a last little statement. You got anything to say here? Stay in school. <laughs> you know, I'm a huge proponent of that. Stay in school. I love I love watching the NCAA. I I think that the I I truly believe that the kids coming out of university would benefit or coming out of high school. Sorry. They would benefit greatly, even if it's one or two years. You know, uh, you look at guys like uh, like Zion, um, you know, Jalen Johnson. You look at you look at kids. Uh, look at Steph Curry. Went from he went, didn't, went to Davidson, had an outstanding career. Come, you know, we, we just won the scoring race within the last week in the NBA. Like this, is a kid who was in a you know a mid major team and and became uh, became an exceptional basketball player. There are kids. Look at Westbrook went to UCLA. You know, you don't necessarily have to go to the pros every time. Look at a guy like Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Went to Kansas. Had great uh, tutelage with Roy Williams at the time. No, sorry, with uh, Bill Self. Bill Self uh, became a great player. Andrew Wiggins is another guy. You know, Andrew Wiggins is not going to be the best guy on your team, but he's certainly doing good things this year with uh, with Golden State. Mm-hmm. You know, he's becoming a role player. And it's not always about being the guy on top. It's about understanding and accepting your role and becoming better as a teammate. So let's let's officially put the nail in this, and I'll ask you this question. Go ahead. Say if you had um, a son who was a... Or a son or daughter, my my offense. But there's <laughs> there's no real, like, development league. Most women do end up playing in college, staying four years, having successful careers. But let's say if you had a son, he was a top 15 recruit. Would you encourage him to go to the college route, or would you encourage him to go pro? I'd encourage him to go to the college route. I'm going to tell you why. Because it's just not about basketball. Okay, because if basketball doesn't work, there's got to be a plan B. Mm -hmm. The plan B is to get an education. Okay, understand that you can do great things in life outside of basketball. And most pros... Once they're done, they become great people outside of the game. Yeah. So I would much prefer to see a kid get a great education, be a great student athlete, student first, like we've always said, okay, and then we move on from that. Your sister, she's a great student athlete at St. Mary's, plays rugby, has had an exceptional academic career as well. You know, you're about to embark on on your career in, uh, in university, um, you know, you know, the importance of an education. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, uh, I really would, uh, 
I would really push kids to, to go to school. Now, of course, most pros, you said, get a good education. And, of course, with good education comes good job, good money. Most pros, when they're done, they're going to have more money than they could ever use. For sure. All right. So that's going to wrap it up here for me and my dad. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, it was a pleasure, Bray. We'll have you back again. <laughs> good to some- talk to you, buddy. <laughs> we'll have you back again sometime soon. Um, everybody, and I'll see you guys in a little bit. Happy long weekend. And that will wrap it up here, guys, for the Braden Redshaw podcast. Hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Uh, like I said, every Saturday night, I'll be getting one out there for you guys. I love my fans. I'm loving the support that I'm getting from everybody for listening to this. Once again, continue to stay safe. Stay safe. I know I say this every time. Stay safe. Wear your mask when you're going out. Our cases here in Nova Scotia are starting to drop down a little bit, which is awesome. They're going down slowly, but it's they're going down. That's, that's the awesome thing. Wear your masks. Only gold if you need to. Um, make sure you have that one person in your family who you can rely on to go out and get stuff who is going to be safe. Um, even just maybe have once a week where you say, all right, you got to make, you got to go to this one place. This is the only place you can go. Make sure you go to one place. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you for listening. And once again, next week, I'll have a brand new episode out. Awesome new topic coming. Hope you guys really enjoy it. And I'll catch you guys later. Thank you for listening.